This is Making Stitches and this time we hear how the decision to sew hospital scrubs during lockdown last year led to a place on this year's Great British Sewing Bee. I was seeing all these um, adverts and these wonderful people on the news that were sewing scrubs and I thought, do you know what, I've got two machines sat there, I could do that. So dusted them off, pulled them out and collaborated with a teacher of mine when I was at school, a lovely lady called Hina, and together we're in a small group, we've sewn a lot of scrubs. And you know, when you first get out of the machine, I'm like, oh gosh, I really must give this an oil. And I needed to give myself an oil too, because I needed some refreshing. And started uh, to sew and sent them back. And Hina says, Adam, your scrubs have came back so professional. I said, oh, don't be daft. I said, I've not sewn in 15 years. And she said to me, well, have you ever thought about going on the sewing bee? Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and I'm really pleased to be able to bring you this latest episode. I don't know about you, but this year's Great British Sewing Bee was just the right tonic needed after a rather tricky start to the year, with lockdown, bubbles bursting and homeschooling. It ticks all the boxes. There's creativity and inspiration, beautiful fabrics and, of course, a lot of humour. This year's contestants were so talented and many could have gone all the way to the final had it not been for a bad day when things didn't quite go according to plan. My guest for today's podcast was one of those 12 contestants who made it to the televised competition. It was something he would never normally have been able to do had the pandemic not happened, as he can usually be found working as an entertainments director on cruise ships. But as Covid put paid to so many people's holiday plans, he's been stuck on dry land recently and used that time to reconnect with some of his old hobbies, which included sewing. His name's Adam Brooks, and he's not only a really talented sewer, he also knits. Here's our chat now. Adam, first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me for Making Stitches. I loved watching you on Sewing Bee. I was so disappointed when your journey came to an end. And of course, we'll talk a great deal about Sewing Bee and your career as a cruise director, an entertainment director on cruise ships. Uh, But first of all, I've got to ask you, have you always been a creative person? Um. Hi, it's a pleasure, first of all, to be on Making Stitches, actually. So thanks for asking me, Lindsay. Um, yeah, I've always enjoyed anything creative, um, whether it be sewing, I play the piano, I'm dead into theatre. Um, yeah, so anything creative really has always been in my heart. And I suppose that springs from growing up um, with my nan a lot. She was a singer um, and very musical. So that was where the piano and musical side came from. And I suppose the sewing side came from looking at musicals and the wonderful costumes and looking through some fantastic books that she used to have um, and rummaging through our old button tin. Um, And it's amazing, really, because everybody used to save everything in my nan and granddad's generation. Nothing was wasted. And I suppose many people will relate with this, you know, having grandma's button tin Um, And as kids, we used to just play with those buttons. And then from there, really, it's like, well, how do I sew one on? And 
yeah, and being inspired by theatre and lots of different costumes and things. Um, creativity has always been a big part of my life and something that has helped me in many a time, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That is the overriding message I get from everybody I speak to is it's not just the joy of making. It, it goes so much deeper than that, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And I encourage anybody who has never done anything or, or my mum's a classic example. She'll say, I haven't got a creative bone in my body. And I'm like, but you have. And it's not just about the end product. It's about the process of making something. And when you complete something, that buzz and joy that you get um, to say, I've made that. And you look at it and I mean, I'm very self-critical. I go, well, I could do that better next time. Or I could do this better next time. But, you know, that process is, is something that really helps and has particularly helped me during the pandemic and the situation we all find ourselves in in the world. And it's really the main reason why I got back into sewing. Can you tell me a bit about that then? So when, when did you actually first start sewing? Well, I started sewing as a, a young age, really, as a kid. And when I say sewing, more hand sewing. For Christmas, I remember getting a little tapestry set from my nan at about age six or seven. Um, and from there, like I wanted to make costumes like for Halloween, maybe. And I got this old pair of curtains that had stars and moons on it. Well, it was destined to be a wizard's cloak and outfit. Um, so I remember tediously hand-stitching seams. And obviously back then I didn't know anything about seam allowances and, you know, how to form proper seams. But it was the beginning of a creative journey, really, and just being able to create something from a piece of cloth. Um and then after that, really, I got my sewing machine at about age 14. And here's a funny one for you. I'd said to my mum, for Christmas, I'd really like an overlocker. Now, if truth be told, I didn't really at that time know exactly what an overlocker could do. But I knew it was how to professionally finish off your seams on the inside. So that's why I wanted it. Um, and I'd asked my mum for this machine. And she went, well, what is an overlocker? She hadn't got a clue. And I thought, well, that was the end of that. But mum came through and that Christmas I unravelled my overlocker um, and that set me off making all sorts of things and using that um, and making dresses. I love uh, making frocks um, and things like that. And, yeah, from then, really, I started training in musical theatre um, and love anything dramatic and musical. And that led me to my career as an entertainment director on board cruise ships. But because of working away so often, I didn't really have the chance to sit down and do much sewing. Um, if at all, really, I hadn't touched a machine in about 15 years until uh, last year when the pandemic hit and I was seeing all these um adverts and these wonderful people on the news that were sewing scrubs and I thought do you know what I've got two machines sat there I could do that so dusted them off pulled them out and collaborated with a teacher of mine um when I was at school a lovely lady called Hina and together we're in a small group we've sewn a lot of scrubs 
and you know when you first get out the machine i'm like oh gosh i really must give this an oil and i needed to give myself an oil too because i needed some refreshing um and started uh, to sew and sent them back and you know put little wash labels in them that were just handwritten at that time and tina says adam your scrubs have came back so professional i says oh don't be daft i says i've not sewn in 15 years and she said to me well, have you ever thought about going on the sewing bee? And I thought, well, I love the show, but I said, I'll never get on that. Um, and I applied at the 11th hour. Um, to say just to humour Hina, it, it wasn't just that, but she was nagging me to do it in a good way. And I did it thinking I'd never stand a chance, really. And lo and behold... Um, they got in contact with me and went through the whole process and ended up on the show. And I'm just so thankful for the experience because it's one I'll treasure forever. Um, and it's really boosted me back into sewing and anything creative. Do you know, it's really interesting what you said. I think so many of us who've had quite creative childhoods and have done sewing and painting and, and knitting and crocheting and all these different things, when our lives go down a professional route suddenly that's something that just gets parked isn't it it's always there but it's like maybe when you have your two-week holiday in the summer you might have a route around in your craft box and bring it back out again but the pandemic and the fact that so many people have been stuck at home and had this time that they otherwise wouldn't have have been able to reconnect with those crafts from their childhood and I think there's been a huge one of the one of the positives from a truly dreadful 18 months has been this huge boost in creativity because people have needed it mentally as well as for something to fill their times. And this is just a wonderful side effect. And and it's something that you've experienced yourself. That's wonderful. I couldn't agree more. And you're so right. Like, it gave me a real purpose to get up in the morning because not that I'm lazy, I like to get up and do stuff. I can't function without a coffee, that's for sure. Um, but when we had so much time, we couldn't go out anywhere. And I'm sure, like you say, many people will really relate to this. Just to get up and have a project on the go and have a purpose is so important. And I think that through life, whether it's a purpose that's a creative purpose or a purpose um, that is in a job that you do or with family or friends. I think that's so important for people's mental health. And mental health is such a big thing. And especially, you know, being locked in four walls, not being allowed out, it's unusual times, something none of us would have ever experienced. Um, and I'd encourage anybody, really, if in any time like that, to get creative because it gives you that purpose. It gives you that chance to learn something new. It stimulates your brain. It, there's so much to be said, I think, about crafting. And like you say, it gets parked, um, but it's always there. It's like riding a bike. You never forget. Um, and it's the same with a lot of the creative things that I do in terms of textiles has always been um, my thing, my joy when it comes to creativity. Um but particularly like sewing and knitting. And recently I got into knitting on machines, which I'd love to see a big resurgence for because there's actually a big community of people machine knitting, as I found out during the pandemic. Um, but all of all of these things um, are so good. And I find it fascinating to learn about something new and learn something from the past as well 
recently I've um, <laughs> I've acquired a collection of um, vintage Singer sewing machines, and I just love them. Um, and I don't know, there's something about history and the past, and particularly eras like the 30s and the 40s and the 50s that really appeals to me. I think sometimes I was born in the wrong era, you know, Lindsay. I'd have loved to have been a, well, I was going to say seamstress back then, but that, that term's not really applicable anymore, is it? But um, sewist, I suppose, is what we say now. Or sewers, which sometimes gets confused for sewers, which almost <laughs> makes me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've made that mistake myself, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what the correct terminology is, and I find it... I mean, the world's moved on so much, but when you're reading through these old singer manuals and the it, get post, it gets posted a lot of times, but the instructions for a lady to sew, and it's very much the lady that sews, but she must be made up and the bed must be made and nothing on her mind in case her husband comes home. And then the it was making me giggle because then the mechanic, um, it refers to as he, he, the mechanic, will, you know, service your machine at any of these shops. Um but I'm glad things have moved on um, creatively and that sewing isn't just something that's considered, you know, something that a female would do. And I love that it's now anybody can do it, whoever you are, and that's acceptable. I love to see pictures of um, chaps knitting on um, tubes and trains. And I really relate to that because... I think for a long while I was scared to say that I sew and particularly that I knit. Um, but now I'm very proud of it and, and I love seeing, you know, all sorts of people coming forward and taking it. It doesn't matter whether you're a man, woman, um, whoever you are, you can embrace some creativity. Um, and I find that really inspiring. And yet it's funny with the knitting because knitting originally was, you know, making a series of knots by men back in the day do you know what i mean there was a lot of men knitters but it's funny now how you know you start to associate it with grandma but not necessarily so do you know what i mean absolutely well let me take you back to sewing b and and you said that you'd you'd applied at the 11th hour um what was the whole process like going through from from sending off your initial application to actually ending up turning up on the first day of filming as one of the final 12 well, firstly, I must say that um, Sewing B and, and everybody that works to make the show are just fantastic. To produce what they did in such difficult times, and they kept us so safe um, and and looked after us so well. Um, so from that initial application, and by the way, I encourage anybody to apply, you know, next time round because it's amazing. But from that initial application, I got a phone call uh, from a lovely lady and we just had a chat like we are. And, you know, they wanted to find out a little bit about my sewing, things I'd made, um, and also things I'd like to make, and a little bit about me, really. So that was initial. And then as it went further on down the line, of course, they want to make sure that you've got some sewing skill there to be able to participate um and also that you've got a little bit of experience um with a machine and sewing patterns um and they also like to see your creative flair as well and something i love doing is draping on the mannequin and stuff like that, that so obvious during the transformation challenges 
Yeah. Well, that's what comes naturally to me, you see, because, again, growing up, um, I managed to get hold of a... It was a half-bust mannequin, um, plastic thing, to display clothes on in a shop. And I took a bed sheet and I was putting darts inside and seeing how it could fit round, you know, at a young age. So, you know, putting something on and, and creating pleats and ruffles and flair and shape on the form is something that I've, I've never been taught, but just something that is is natural to me, which, yeah, like you say, um, really came out, I suppose, in the transformation challenges when you've only got 90 minutes. And for me, I'm not mathematical. I couldn't sit down and like sketch out a quick pattern like I know patterns in my head um and I've started drafting a few of my own actually um but in that time period I'm like let's sling it on the mannequin let's see what we can do with this bit of fabric let's see how it drapes that was the only difficult thing we couldn't um see a lot of our fabric before so I commend everybody on it because you saw your fabric on the day and you work with what you've got but that you know adds to the challenge and yeah everybody was just so lovely and that first day bringing it back to that Lindsay on set it was just amazing you walk into this room we were very lucky because the room was a lot bigger than previous uh, series to ensure for social distancing and ventilation and that's why I can't commend um, sewing be enough but um, we're in there and just to see your workstations um, and your sewing machine and a nice high table to cut on. Most of us sew in our kitchens, don't we? Or uh, wherever there's a space, you set up your machine. Whilst have a designated designated area, uh, which is just fabulous. I can't imagine that. Yeah, you're doing it on the dining table, or and you've got to clear it all away for dinner, and <laughs> or cutting your patterns on the floor or whatever. No, that must have been amazing to have proper professional setup. <laughs> oh, it was. And then you've got that haberdashery of um, some wonderful thread and, you know, any colour that you want and any fabric that you want um, and all the trims. Um, yeah, like, you, it's just like being in sewing heaven is the best way I can describe it. Oh, it must have been wonderful. And what was it like being with the other, your other, well, their teammates, really? You were all colleagues and, and it, it had a real friendly atmosphere. You were all kind of cheering each other on. H how was it like? How did you gel as a team over the weeks that passed? Wonderfully. And we're, we're all still in contact now. And that's the best thing about it. We're all so in friends for life. Um, and I think it's the same over all of the series. Um People help each other out, and we all say it's it's never really a competition between people. It's not competitive in that way. The competition is with yourself. That's how we all described it. You want to do your best in the time that you've got. But, you know, I, I was just so happy to see everybody doing so well. And what's lovely is each individual brings forward something unique and different, whether it be a different technique that you've never used before, um, whether it's some advice or whether it's um, things like uh, other creativity, like quilting or the knitting or, you know, th there's lots of different things and people like to make different things and people put a little bit of them into what they make. And that's what I really took as I looked around the room after that first made to measure I was like, wow, 
you know, everybody's kind of panicking a little bit because the time pressure is there and it's getting to the last moments. And then suddenly everybody's got a garment on the model and you can really see all these different creations that have been created in minimal time. Um, so I applaud everybody for it. Um, but yes, we're all very much still in, in contact now. Um, we're planning a little meetup when we can do, um, I suppose, to reminisce about times on the show. And as well, I have to say, people, former contestants that have been on the show have been so supportive. And I find that on the whole, really, that with sewing and anything like this, everybody's so supportive of everybody's makes. And I think that's so important. We need to start building people up and doing it through creativity. I think that's the best way. Without a doubt, especially at the moment, because uh, we all need it, don't we? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you scored top twice in the Transformation Challenge. Um, you did. You came pretty high in, in the other different parts of the competition. So when things went a bit pear-shaped for you in the fifth week uh, with your raincoat and uh, and that was the end that was i was absolutely flabbergasted i couldn't believe because i mean your dress in week two the polka dot with the red piping and the red buttons that was just stunning it was like i, I truly believed you were going to be there an awful lot longer was it a terrible disappointment for you um yeah i mean it happens we all have a bad day um, and that was a bad day. Again, it was really difficult with that fabric, and I think I'd bitten off more. I could more than I could chew. I mean, in that raincoat, I'd put a collar and collar stand in as well as the hood. Thinking about it now, I should have just put a hood in and that and be done with it. Um, and yeah, I, I was upset with myself um, because I didn't want it to end. Because it's like anything that's really good. It's like going on a a fabulous holiday you don't want to get on the plane on the way home but all good things have to come to an end eventually um and but I was grateful for my time there and I learned so much for being there um I wish I could have gone on a little bit further but in saying that that would have mean somebody else would have gone home and that's the nature of the game um but I'm just so grateful for my time and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything. I wouldn't have done anything differently. Um, I was pleased with my achievements and I felt like the ball was starting to roll and as it was going, I was really, really getting into a rhythm and a flow um, and it's just a shame for that raincoat. But, you know, the judges have a hard decision picking between us, you know, because sometimes, and we saw this as it went on and on and on, it was you know, a fraction, it, they were judging it by a hair. It was literally so close. And don't forget, and this is what I'd like to remind everybody, is that everybody that's picked to go on the show can sew, and they can sew really well. Um, you know, it's a selection of, like, so many applicants that apply, but it's the time pressure that really hits. And when you've only got a limited amount of time, and panic sets in and if you seek behind a little bit and then you know that's where it can go a little bit wrong but without the time pressure there wouldn't be that element of a competition so that's why it's there but I do know of so many people that will say oh I'd do it but I couldn't sew it in that time you know well none of us sew like that at home but for the experience I wouldn't change it for the world and 
I'd encourage anybody that's thinking of doing it to to apply because you learn so much. You learn so much doing it and you learn by your mistakes. And what I've learned is to not be afraid of making those mistakes. Um, you can hold yourself back sometimes and I just now have to tell myself to go for it because otherwise I overthink and overanalyze everything. I want everything to be perfect. But then you don't make that wondrous discovery of something that's brilliant by accident. What What's your favourite make from the whole series that you did? Oh, this is a um, tough one because I enjoyed doing a few things. Um, I, like you mentioned, I really love my navy um, polka dot dress with a red pipe in. I love classic colour combination like that. Um, and I really loved the dress and a big shout out to my model, Linda. She was fantastic. We're still in touch as well. We forget about the models, but they're the ones that make everything look fabulous. Um, so I love making that and all the made to measures really pushed me because it was stuff that I wouldn't usually make. Um, so it might be the first time making it, of course, with practice. Um, I think in the pattern challenges, my favourite has to be the Baker Boy cap because it was so different um, to anything that they'd done before. Um, it was fiddly to do, but I've made one since being home and I've made my own patterns for that. And I've noticed a lot of people have, you know, took to the wool fabrics, the Harris tweeds, the denims and, and made one themselves. And the ones I've seen all look fab. So yeah, I really like that because I think it was a unique, um, garment and and really lovely um for the gentleman's week as well and uh, what would you say was your favorite takeaway memory your of, of the whole experience my favorite takeaway memory of the whole experience um well obviously it's got to be meeting and sewing with so many people and so many different people from all walks of life um and i miss that i miss being in a room sewing with people um because sewing can be quite solitary when you're on your own um but when you're nattering along and you're and you're and you're doing there's a creative environment a hive shall we say um then you know that's just fabulous so i'll always take that memory from me meeting everybody of course uh meeting people like joe and esme and patrick and having them cast an eye over what we're doing um has been priceless really because They've really given us so much in terms of criticism, but constructive criticism to help us improve. And I know my sewing's improved no end because I just think about things a little bit differently now. Um, I'll always remember Joe's banter. Um, <laughs> it's just fabulous. And he really does help to ease everybody in the sewing room and, and keep that fun element. With such time pressure, it can become a little bit, oh, gosh, 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 I've got to get this done. Um, but sewing's supposed to be fun. Anything creative is supposed to be fun as well. And I think, again, we need to remember that. Um, so Joe helps with that wonderfully. Um, and just the whole team. And I mean, I remember having a laugh with some of the cameramen, you know, when we were shooting. Um, there was a part when I was choosing for the polka dot dress, actually, the smaller button or the bigger button. Yeah, I remember saying, this is a little bit behind the scenes, but like, I remember saying to one of the cameramen, I don't know which one to go for. And he says, they're trying to trick you. They're trying to trick you. And we're having banter. 
with him, but of course they were. It was it was just a little bit of fun. But it's that camaraderie and that atmosphere between the wonderful production crew. I don't know how they did it. Well, they did, obviously, in the pandemic, but, you know, socially distancing, keeping masks, they're really experts at what they do. Um, so meeting some wonderful people and doing a load of sewing is what I'll take away from me and learning new things. Wonderful. I have to say, seeing they have they have a knack of like narrowing in on somebody just when everything's kind of falling apart, don't they? And what's it like when things are going a bit wrong for you, and all of a sudden the cameras are on you, and people want to talk to you about it? Because presumably that's the last thing you want. You just want to be left alone to get on with it. This is it. It's very difficult. I mean, we all had a little. Um, saying between all of us this year that if you've got an unpicker in your hands there'll be a cameraman over your shoulder um although i managed to <laughs> trick them a little bit in the first one because i did um for my first made to measure an open sleeve um, i basted along the sleeve and i was using the unpicker um and everyone was straight over but i was just unpicking the basin stitches that was intentional um but I think, yeah, when it isn't quite going to plan it, it is difficult. But you just have to smile and carry on and remember that it's not life or death. It's, it is a bit stressful. And, you know, people are asking you questions and the camera's on you. Um, and you just explain the best you can. Um, but I suppose with my experience on being on ships, you know, things go wrong sometimes um in terms of you know the entertainment program or we can't dock in a particular port for some reason bad weather and i'm used to being front facing and you know speaking to people and and, and delivering information and it's a little bit like a swan i suppose the, the feet are paddling underneath but graceful on top Although I think when I've done that raincoat, I, I remember saying it was the worst thing I'd ever made. Oh. Um, and actually, I've received it back since. And when I look at the stitching on the collar stand and getting the collar in and easing that in with that type of fabric, I didn't do too bad a job. But snap fastenings, I think, were my nemesis mm. for a lot of that. Um, I don't use a lot of them. And they're quite tricky to use, but... Yeah, you can get flustered and everything. And, you know, there was parts where, you know, feels like being in a bit of a pressure cooker. Um, <laughs> but you've got to just carry on and enjoy it. And, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So what, what lies ahead for you, Adam, post Sewing V? Well, this is really exciting. So obviously at the moment, I can't do cruise ships. Hopefully, and again, I feel for theatre and entertainment world, a big shout out to you. I'm part of that. And, you know, it's been so hard for many and I hope the industry gets back soon. Um, for sewing, it, it, again, it's something that I can turn to. Um, so I've been taking up and doing a few alterations over the last week of some dresses. I made my mum a dress for a wedding that we went to recently. Um, and... I've got some things in the pipeline. Um, a knitting magazine contacted me um, not so long ago. So I have an interview in a knitting magazine next month in July, um, knitting and crochet. So that's fabulous because I, I love that side of it. Um, and then hopefully, I, I mean, I'd like to do some more TV appearances and presenting because 
with my entertainment background, presenting is a love of mine, something I learned to really love on cruise ships. And if I could combine that with sewing, well, that would be the dream. Um, but yes, uh, lots of things. I'm planned to make a lot of different things. I'd like to release my own range of baby knitwear, which I've been working on over uh, the pandemic and set up a little shop. And I'd like to have my own patterns. I've drafted a few of those uh, recently. So I'd really like to use um, the platform that we've been given um, for some good, really. Um, and whilst I've got the time to do it, I'd really like to pursue things in sewing and presenting. So if anybody out there in the sewing presenting world listening, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> That's a shameless plug, isn't it? <laughs> you're allowed. You're allowed, Adam. Well, my word, <laughs> you've got lots of irons in the fire there, haven't you? So surely some of that is going to come off. That's so exciting. Yeah, well, my brain's always ticking. I've had time to think a lot and I've got lots of ideas in my head um, and lots of things I'd like to do. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to give it my best shot. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that can, you know, just happen. But with some hard work and graft and, you know, a bit of dedication and commitment, it would be nice to say I've got my own pattern out there or whatever it might be. So, yeah, that'd be something I'd be really proud of. That's wonderful, Adam. Well, I've taken so much of your time this morning and I'm so grateful for you being so generous and, and agreeing to speak to me. Thank you so much. It's been a real joy. Oh, it's been fantastic. And thank you for inviting me, Lindsay. It's really nice to meet you and catch up with you and talk all things sewing and uh, the things that we love. So thanks for having me on. Thanks so much to Adam. I loved our chat. It was a long time coming as we waited for the complete series of Sewing Bee to air before we could get together, but it was definitely worth the wait. I wish him every success in his post-Sewing Bee adventure. You can find a link to Adam's Instagram page in the show notes for this episode. Thanks also to you for listening, wherever you are in the world. So far, this podcast has been listened to in five continents. All that's missing is South America and Antarctica. So if you know anyone who you think might enjoy listening there, or in fact anywhere, please do let them know about Making Stitches. And if you've really enjoyed listening to this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast or follow it, neither of which will cost you anything. It just means that when a new episode's released, it'll appear automatically in your podcast app so you don't miss it. Leaving a review or rating also helps greatly with getting the word out about Making Stitches. That's all I have for you this time. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more inspiring stitching conversation for you to craft along to. Until then, thanks again for listening. Keep safe and enjoy your crafting.